Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered, the podcast of the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer, a global organization dedicated to research and practice advances in thoracic oncology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud and at IASLC.org in the news section. This episode features a conversation between Dr. Heather Wakeley and Dr. Chandra Balani about Dr. Balani's new position as Chief Science Officer for the IASLC. We're also going to talk about the history of his involvement with lung cancer. Dr. Balani is currently Professor of Medicine in the Division of Hematology and Oncology in the Department of Medicine at Penn State Hershey Medical Center in Hershey, Pennsylvania. This is a role he'll continue in addition to his duties as a CSO for the IASLC. Dr. Wakeley is a professor of medicine in the Division of Oncology at Stanford University and is the faculty director of the Stanford Cancer Clinical Trials Office and the current president-elect of the IASLC. Welcome, Chandra. Thank you, Heather. It's good to be with you. So I wanted to start off and have you reflect a little bit about your career, your passion for lung cancer, and maybe have you highlight a a couple of things if you look back over the decades you've been working in lung cancer that are particularly meaningful to you. Heather, I've been uh, working in the lung cancer area for the last three decades. And uh, my research accomplishments in the area of lung cancer and new drug development have led to changes in many treatment paradigms. I've interacted with experts across the world and I've developed and identified novel therapeutic strategies that have been approved and adopted as standards of care for the management of thoracic malignancies. I've nurtured the careers of a number of oncology fellows and junior faculty who have advanced in their careers, leading to prestigious positions in academia, clinical and translational medicine and industry. As a matter of fact, I have had an impact on your career as well that I got you interested in lung cancer. In addition to my clinical and research expertise, I've led the clinical services and investigations, optimized the team structure, and assisted with uh, facilities and space planning. My strategy and vision has led to enhancing a culture that has focused on patient-centered and value-based care. And I continue to work in the area of lung cancer, developing new treatment regimens and improving the overall quality of life of our patients with lung cancer. As you know, We have worked together in a number of areas and have been in the forefront of various educational activities related to lung cancer. Some of the treatments uh, that I studied and were a part of my research led to FDA approvals and are the standard of care in today's date for treatment of patients with lung cancer. And I hope I'll continue this with my new position. Great. Um, So I wanted to see if you could expand a little bit, um, some more details about some of the great things that you have done. Um, When I think back to my career in lung cancer, which is only two decades as opposed to three decades, um, I think back to to that time where a lot of our work was really focused on the traditional cytotoxic chemotherapy drugs. And we don't talk about those as much when we go to our conferences today, except they're still really the backbone of what we're able to do to help our patients. So I was wondering if you wanted to expand on some of your earlier work with with chemotherapy and some of the great trials that you were involved in there. Heather, going back, uh, when I look upon my uh, research career and clinical uh, and 
career in clinical medicine. I started working in lung cancer at the beginning of my fellowship. And I was interested in new drugs because there was no treatment at that point in time for patients with lung cancer. The trial that compared chemotherapy to best supportive care had just come out. And we had started to embark on uh, developing new regimens for lung cancer. I was involved initially with uh, the combination of carboplatin and etoposide for both non-small cell lung cancer and small cell lung cancer and uh, helped in the development of uh, the dosing formula for carboplatin, which became a standard of care subsequently. Subsequently, working with uh, carboplatin and taxol, initially with a phase one study and then subsequently taking it to phase three studies, made carboplatin and taxol as the standard of care for our patients. And it is the most commonly used regimen in lung cancer. Thereafter, uh, we worked with uh, the combination of cisplatin and taxotere, and based on randomized studies, uh, we uh, allowed the uh, use of uh, taxotere-based regimens, which were then approved by the FDA based on uh, a number of studies that I had conducted. And subsequently, combining chemotherapy and radiation therapy was also an initiative that uh, uh, I started with a number of uh, colleagues from radiation oncology, which led to the approval and uh, a use of carboplatin taxol and uh, radiation regimens in locally advanced patients with lung cancer. So overall, chemotherapy studies that were done in the 90s and early 2000, I think I was involved in most of them leading to their approval and becoming standards of care. That's great. And I, you know, when we think about what do we do to treat our patients, we're still, I mean, platinum, vaccines, radiation, these are still so critical. And I, I think to think about you now in this role within ISLC to be able to come with that amazing history of knowing where we were before we could do anything. And then as you've stayed actively involved, as we've gone now into the era of targeted therapy and now into the era of immune therapy, and I know you've continued to be involved in investigations there, which is great. I also wanted to uh, to back up. You had talked about mentoring, and so I'm I'm thinking fondly of when I first met you. So it was at a a big lung cancer conference, which happened to be in Hawaii. Um, and I showed up at the conference, and I didn't know a single person in the world of lung cancer research. Um, but that's where I met you, and I met another one of your mentors, who's gone on to great things, uh, mentees, uh, Shiresh Ramalingan, uh, and a lot of other people who were there, and um, it's just been great to continue to have you as a supporter throughout my career um, and to be able to support you um, as you've gone on to continuing great things, including this new role within um, ISLC. So I wanted to ask you um, a little bit more about um, how you see your role as a mentor continuing now in this uh, new position of the ISLC CSO. So Heather, as you know, that I've been in the forefront of various educational activities and met you at the uh, Lung Cancer Hawaii Conference. And uh, I have developed a number of uh, uh, meetings and uh, conferences and uh, chaired them. And I've been successful in developing long-lasting relationships uh, with uh, fellows and junior faculty and have nurtured their careers uh, over a period of time. I think that uh, I will continue to guide and support the professional development of the ISLC team 
and identify learning opportunities with them, both to increase their knowledge and my knowledge. In addition, uh, I will uh, leverage their strengths to align with the strategy of the IASLC and encourage uh, the staff and uh, members of uh, the IASLC to uh, increase their uh, role in the organization so that the organization can move uh, further ahead. Great. Can you tell me a little bit more about why this position, the ISLC CSO position, was really intriguing, attractive to you? What led you to apply and ultimately come away with this um, with this position? Heather, as you know, I've been involved with the ISLC for uh, almost three decades. And the CSO position actually provides me with the opportunity to give, contribute, and grow the organization. My experience and expertise in lung cancer and thoracic malignancies will uh, allow me to take the organization to the next level. I think that as a leader in the field, I'll be able to guide and shape the scientific projects and programming of the ISLC, conferences and meetings, so that ISLC is in the forefront of lung cancer and thoracic malignancies. Right. And I remember when I was um, talking with you as you were looking at this position, you were really talking to me about how you felt like you had reached a point in your career where you had the time, where you really had the the drive and the motivation to be able to really give back to ISLC, knowing how much it had been a part of your professional career for the past three decades. And I was really struck by that um, and how earnest you were in talking about it. And also you, you had shared with me that um, though you had been so engaged with so many clinical trials, um, you were at a point now where you're able to step back a little bit from that and be able to really focus not just on what was happening in your career, but on the career of many others with your work within ISLC. So again, I just I wanted to highlight that because you didn't bring it up. And I think that was a really important um, point is that you this being able to give back now and, and to touch a lot of other people in their careers through the ISLC. Uh, as you you think about this CSO position, um, from my understanding, I think we're still having it evolve a little bit as to exactly what's going to to be done as the CSO. But I'd love to have you share with uh, the folks listening to this podcast about how you envision that role and, and what you really expect to be working on. Heather, as I'm embarking on this challenge, I have the spirit of dedication, inspiration, and motivation to improve and enhance the quality of the educational research and scientific programs in collaboration with the ISLC members worldwide. And hopefully I'll be able to accomplish that. I hope to develop a cohesive communications plan and ensure that the information released is consistent with the strategy at large and work toward the ultimate goal of improving lung cancer outcomes. I'm at that stage in my career that uh, I want to take this new challenge and hopefully be able to grow the organization and help all the members worldwide. And in in addition, see that we can improve the overall lung cancer outcomes. Though I think uh, transformational efforts are difficult sometimes, but they can be accomplished provided uh, we can create a comfort zone and align with the strategy of the ISLC. Great. And are there any... um particular areas that you're most passionate about? I guess that's a a tough question, given that in your role, of course, you're going to be looking at all of the different initiatives of ISLC and all of the different ways where 
we're touching people impacted by lung cancer and other thoracic malignancies. But are there a couple you want to highlight that you are thinking to focus on initially? As you know, Heather, that the ISLC is a global organization. and There are over 8,500 members worldwide. The common goal that I envision is to eliminate lung cancer as the cause of death. And I think that ISLC has embarked on uh, a few new projects which will lead us to achieve that in the future. And I hope that I'll be part of all the scientific projects uh, of the ISLC. The projects that are in the forefront are to increase screening and early diagnosis And as you said earlier, develop precision therapy for every patient with lung cancer and also to improve the quality of care. Now, a couple projects come to mind. One is uh, ELIC or the Early Lung Imaging Federation project, which uh, will lead to a globally distributed lung cancer imaging database and computational analysis environment to enhance screening and ultimately reduce lung cancer mortality. Now, I think we should make it easy for sites across the world to increase the uptake of screening. You heard recently that the Nelson trial has uh, uh, lent credence to the uh, data which was uh, presented by the NLST trial in the US. And hopefully now screening will be adopted worldwide and be approved in most countries by third-party payers. And I think I hope that the uptake of screening will increase over the next few years all over the world. A second major project that I need to enhance is the Major Pathological Response Project, which will lead to global standardization of tissue processing and pathologic evaluation following new adjuvant therapy or immunotherapy. This will be beneficial in accelerating the identification of potentially curative therapies in lung cancer in the future. And finally, I think that we should be working to enhance the quality of life of our patients with lung cancer with these innovative therapies. And I think we are uh, in the process of accomplishing this. As you heard from the cancer facts and figures that the overall cancer mortality has decreased over the last decade. And the two major contributors to reduction in cancer mortality are lung cancer and melanoma. So hopefully we can uh, transform the lung cancer care and improve the quality of our patients with uh, these new and innovative therapies. And I think we are getting there, but we are not there yet, and a lot of work still needs to be done. Great. No, thank you. That's, that's really helpful. Um, so I, I think you've really done a nice job there of outlining some of the things we're really um, focusing on right now. Um, but a question that is obviously going to be thrown at anyone as they step into a big uh, position such as this, as a scientific officer, where do you see ISLC going? Where do you think we're going to be five years from now, um, where hopefully screening will be increasing? Um, the Major Pathological Response Project will, of course, be a thing of the past and hopefully have set standards. Um, so where to next? And, and what are some of your goals as well? I think as you hit the nail on the head uh, that we need to increase the uptake of screening. In addition, smoking cessation is still a major issue. I think we need to continue to emphasize smoking cessation so as to prevent lung cancer than to treat lung cancer. 
And then finally, I think that what I see in the future is that all lung cancer patients will be treated with precision medicine. Currently, only about 5 to 10% of the patients are being treated based on the alterations or mutations uh, that are noted. So I want to see whether we can have sequencing for all so that everybody can be treated uh, precisely with either targeted therapy, immunotherapy, or their combination or in uh, or together with chemotherapy. So I think uh, we need to improve the overall uh, treatment of lung cancer. We need to prevent lung cancer by smoking cessation. And we need to make attempts to diagnose lung cancer early. Now, in terms of screening, I think screening only picks up primarily adenocarcinomas. In the future, we should actually target to make the diagnosis of small cell lung cancer and squamous cell lung cancer early also. And if you are able to do that, we will probably increase the overall or we will probably decrease the lung cancer mortality in the future. So I think the main aim for all of us lung cancer investigators, including you, is that we need to improve the overall cure rate for lung cancer, prevent lung cancer, and make an early diagnosis. Okay. So I'm going to pivot a little bit here, and I think the listeners are going to want to know more about you as you. Um, So you think about all of the different ISLC meetings you've been to over the years and all of the different um, presentations, the science, the networking. Do you have any favorites? Well, the World Lung Cancer Congress is one of my favorite meetings. And I think that it is not only interacting with people within the country here in the United States, but also interacting with uh, people worldwide. Now, some of the workshops are actually much more educational rather than the big meetings which uh, are spread far and wide. And I remember uh, meeting uh, Paul Bunn at one of the meetings uh, or one of the workshops outside of Paris in Fontainebleau. And there we developed the regimen of carboplatin taxol and radiation therapy uh, together with Dr. Bob Ozols, who was working on ovarian cancer with the same regimen. And I think that uh, these interactions have enhanced my career over a period of time and have led to making uh, friendships uh, all over the world. And I cherish these friendships uh, and including uh, my friendship with you that I met you in Hawaii at uh, one of uh, my meetings on lung cancer and got you interested in lung cancer. So that uh, reminds me of uh, what we can accomplish uh, in the atmosphere outside of work. So, uh, so Chandra, as you think back into all the World Lung meetings that you've been to, World Lung conferences, are there any particular ones that are favorite just because of the, the top presentations or because of the location? Obviously, we've got a lot of them ahead of us. Uh, we'll be heading to Singapore in the summer and then Denver the year after. And I mean, just lots. It's really exciting now that the conference is annual. But uh, any from the past you want to reminisce about? Well, if I go back uh, to 1994, when I was at my first meeting in Colorado Springs, uh, I saw that one of the faculty members uh, was presenting in most of the sessions. So I thought that if I go to the next meeting uh, in 1997 to Ireland, I would be the one to present at most of the sessions. 
but I presented at most of the sessions in the 1997 meeting in uh, uh, Ireland. And I saw that uh, that same faculty member was chairing all my sessions. <laughs> so I think that uh, as you see over a period of time, you are encouraged uh, with what is happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, that gives you uh, uh, the enthusiasm of uh, about enthusiasm about treating uh, the disease that you have an interest in. Great. And then just a little bit more about you as a person. I think most people know that uh, you were born and raised in India um, and did some of your training there before coming to the U.S. And um, do you want to, I think as ISLC is a global organization, um, having you had part of your life in a different part of the world and then having obviously spent your uh, career here in the U.S. and obviously as a U.S. citizen now and, and really think of the U.S. as home, but still have those connections back to India. Do you feel that having that um, sort of connection to two different places is, is going to be helpful in your role in ISLC? And I, I mean, I, I think obviously it would be, but how do you see that? Um, how are you going to be able to connect you as a really global citizen back into your role within ISLC? I think being a global citizen or being a citizen of, uh, or born, being born in India and uh, spend half my life here in the United States has given me a perspective that uh, embraces both parts of the world. And I think that I'm in a unique position that uh, I've been able to nurture a career, careers of a number of people uh, back home in India and also here in the United States. And I see a connection. Actually, it has uh, led me to the current position because of my... Uh, uh, background. Uh, I'm considered actually a citizen of all over the world. If I'm in Spain, I look like a Spanish guy. If I'm in Argentina, I look like an Argentinian. <laughs> and uh, people confuse me whether I'm Spanish or an Indian or uh, uh, from Italy because my color is not, mm -hmm. uh, uh, meaning it uh, encompasses every single culture. And I'm always uh, looking to uh, provide uh, that perspective to uh, ISLC members across the world. And uh, actually, one of the physicians uh, from Vienna told me one day that, Chandra, you are a US physician, but you are actually one of us rather than just a US physician. So that gives uh, us uh, more uh, perspective from your side rather than just uh, being from one country uh, by itself. So are there anything, anything else about yourself, uh, hobbies, family, that you would like to share with the listeners of this podcast? I think at this juncture in my life, uh, the two most important things in my life are my health, my friends, and of course, family. And I like to spend uh, quality time with my daughter, who's a cardiothoracic anesthesiologist, and uh, help her in any way or form. In addition, uh, I look forward to making friendships all across the world and also uh, I'm involved in my local community uh, here in Hershey uh, to enhance the life of uh, the uh, local people around and work with them in a happy manner and uh, with a sense of belonging. So I like to cultivate new friendships and also enhance the friendships that I have and maintain friendships uh, uh, that have been uh, 
there for a long period of time. I still keep in contact with my medical school uh, colleagues uh, and also with my high school colleagues who are at the same points in their careers as I am. And it gives me great pleasure to know what is going around uh, with uh, all the friends that I have had over the last uh, four decades. Great. Well, Chandu, thanks. Uh, thank you so much for uh, making the time to talk with me today. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what ISLC is going to be able to accomplish um, under your scientific leadership and to working together a lot over the next years. Thank you, Heather. It is, uh, in fact, a great pleasure to be with you today. And hopefully I'll be able to work with you and make the organization grow and also work with uh, ISLC members uh, worldwide to enhance the effect that we can have on the overall cure of lung cancer. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Visit the news section on IASLC.org for more Lung Cancer Considered podcasts. And please like your favorite episodes on SoundCloud and share them with your friends and colleagues.